In this episode, I catch up with Ngozi Onwumere, an athlete who in 2018 caught the world's attention when she and colleagues made history to become the first ever African team to compete at the Winter Olympic Games. We explore the challenges that came with achieving such a feat. I remember we had a conversation about um, the team and we didn't even imagine it would become what it became. Understanding that things could hurt, things could uh, be hard, but we can do hard things, right? How keeping things simple might be the greatest hack to reaching your goals. Nutrition can be very intimidating. Um, and it was intimidating for me, so the simpler the better. Like if I didn't add a lot of fluff, I knew that I was meeting you know, my nutritional goals. And finally, some wise words to live by. Not to mention, I'd say everybody has a mini Olympics in their life, right? Just determining what that is. What's your mini Olympics? What's the thing that you want to achieve that can impact the world? And that's, I think that's where I'm at with it now in my everyday life. I'm your host, Dr. Yemsi Bokini, and welcome to the Food Clinic Podcast. The Food Clinic Podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry. Ngozi is a graduate of the University of Houston with a degree in health professions. Upon graduating, she competed for Nigeria professionally in both track and field and in bobsleigh, eventually becoming an Olympian and making history with Nigeria being the first ever African country to be represented in winter sports. She remains passionate about health, wellness, gender equality within sports and all things creative. So Ngozi, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's start off with you telling us a bit about how important nutrition is to you as an athlete. Yeah, well, it's interesting. And hi, everyone on the podcast, first and foremost. It's interesting because I am talking about nutrition today, but earlier on in my, I guess, perfect, um, athletic career, I didn't really understand the nutrition, um, the nutritional piece. I thought it was all going to be performance, and if I worked out really hard, that everything else would work out. Shortly after going professional, I realized I couldn't do the same things that I did in college. In college, I would eat Debbie snacks and uh, certain things that weren't <laughs> necessarily the best. Um, but when you reach another level, you re- you realize it's the little nuances that you need to um, trim up on to be successful. So I realized earlier on that a lot of what my success would look like, it started in the kitchen. And so that meant what was I putting in my body to fuel my body? What was I doing on a daily basis in terms of eating habits? When was I eating certain things? And all of, all of those things became very important. And as a professional athlete, I would say there are certain seasons where you're going to trim down and there are certain seasons where you're going to bulk up. And a lot of uh, people think sometimes that's eating more or less, but it really is the type of food that you're eating as opposed to like the more or less. And um, I would say I've competed in two two different sports for Nigeria and they were two different uh, two different nutritional needs I would say. So track and field you in in off season you're going to be a little bit more bulk. Um, so you're eating a lot more protein, kind of heavier, a lot more frequencies throughout the day. And then later on, as you get in competition mode, you're eating a little bit lighter, leaner foods because you want to be leaner, I guess. 
Um, and I wouldn't say I'm a nutritional guru by any means, but I'm just saying like what worked for me um, and wor what works for me too, like in my natural everyday life now. Um, and then in bobsled, it was a little bit different uh, just because you're trying to bulk up. So coming from track and field, I was a fairly lean athlete. So that's more protein throughout the day. That's more like a, a frequency thing. How often are you eating to bulk up? Um, because if you naturally are a, a little bit thinner or you're naturally built more like a track athlete, um, your sitting weight is going to be a little bit harder to maintain um, in bobsled. So um, I know it's 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 frowned upon for a woman to say say her weight, but <laughs> in uh, bobsled that became a thing that I was really really cognizant of. To compete, I had to be around 150, and my sitting weight um, in track and field was 138. So you would imagine that the diets are very different, vastly different, honestly. Mm. And I suppose, you know, from like a medical perspective, I mean, I remember we were taught by, taught about how, how much um, strain and stress working out, especially at that level puts on your body and the amount of nutrients, just, just the fact that you're sweating so much, you're obviously losing lots of B vitamins, you're losing lots of vitamins through your sweat, you know, the amount of protein needed because you're training really hard. So I suppose all of that is probably had to be factored in um, for you. I have a question um, with regards to your most challenging um, athletic training regimen. Like, what was it? And, and what was your average diet like for breakfast, lunch and dinner in preparation for that moment? You know what? I think a lot of times it's when you compete as an athlete, you're looking at what you can eat the quickest, what is the most convenient, as opposed to actually preparing your meals. I wish I could prepare my meals, but a lot of times in the morning it was getting hard-boiled eggs and maybe boiling them the night before so I can grab them and go. Um I was also working full time when I was competing in track and field. So it was about what was convenient. Eggs were my go-to for the morning. Eggs and oatmeal are some type of fruit. Um, for lunch, uh, just a protein. I tried to keep it really simple, especially when nutrition can be very intimidating. Um, and it was intimidating for me. So the simpler, the better. Like if I didn't add a lot of fluff, I knew that I was meeting you know, my nutritional goals. So for lunch, probably a salad. A protein and then uh, maybe a snack later on throughout the day. But dinner would be pretty much a heavy dinner. So I would have a heavy dinner because prior to dinner would be like my strenuous workout. I would go from my full-time job to competing and a lot of our to working out. And a lot of that was two a days between a short increment of four hours. So you would do a heavy track workout and then you're going to the, the gym to lift and max out. And so as you would imagine, your body is pretty taxed out. And then a lot of times when you get home, you don't even want to eat. You're almost forcing yourself to eat because you know your body needs it. And so um, for me, I would say another thing too to mention is electrolytes during my workout, making sure I'm staying hydrated so my body isn't super maxed out and prone to um, injury, um, but also making sure as tired as you are, you get that last meal in. So my last meal was pretty heavy. I would do like a lot of carbs, pastas, proteins, um, and then remember to stay up so I can digest it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, that, that's a that's a crucial one. So, 
Um, I suppose it would be interesting to learn about your background in health. So you mentioned to me um, earlier that you are still really passionate about health and well-being and you obviously have a, a degree, you actually have a degree, which is, is not a common thing to have athletes who have a degree in health, right? Could be any other subject, but you have a degree in health. Tell me a bit about why you're passionate about health and well-being and what you'd like to do in the future in this aspect. Yeah, I think like for me, it's less about like what I actively want to do and what I'm doing now in my lifestyle. So what we fail to realize is health is a component of everything. So if you're not healthy, you can't do the things that you're passionate about. And I think that's as far as my passion goes, really just making sure I'm living an optimal life. And like, what does that look like outside of athletics? I no longer seek to be like, um, you know, working out two times a day, but I still seek to be healthy and I still want and desire to be healthy. So for me, it's really just looking at a lot of like my family history too. And like what, as an athlete, a lot of that stuff you tend to look over because you're in really fit shape. And so you don't really have to worry about high blood pressure or you think you don't have to worry about it because you're in really fit shape, you're eating well. But the life after that is like getting back to the normal of like maybe not eating so well, maybe not staying up to digest your food, maybe not working out two times a day. Um, so for me, I've always been passionate about health because from everything flow, from every everything that you do flows from your health. That's the baseline. And um, yeah, so me, I, what that looks like moving forward is just maintaining health. And in every season, that's going to look different. And this season, it just looks like for me, making sure I get three three meals a day that are healthy, that are whole. And then from a mental health standpoint, that's a whole nother aspect of transitioning from sports. Um, just making sure I'm well within transition, making sure I'm self, I have some regimens for self-care um, because that mental piece also plays a part into the physical piece. It's about whole health. And you mentioned, you know, you're Nigerian American, right? So you mm -hmm. grew up in the States and you live there now. Um, and so your household, was it one where you would sort of like be eating sort of Nigerian food and fully immersed in Nigerian <laughs> culture? And tell me a bit about that. And has there ever been a time where you've had to say no to certain things, <laughs> certain, yes. certain meals, because you've got, you know, big competitions coming up or training coming up? Tell me a bit about um, that experience. It's actually funny because uh, getting ready for all African games, I stayed in Nigeria for about three months and it's really hard to not eat, eat Eba in Nigeria for three months <laughs> for dinner. And so for me, um, you know, really just embracing parts of the culture that really are good for competition as opposed to thinking about what's not, because there's going to be a lot of foods that are heavier, spicier, that might not be good for competition itself. But believe it or not, after practice every um, every day, not every day, but every other day, I would get a Malta because Maltas are really high in sodium. And so as a replacement for electrolytes, I just drank malt. And, and so that was a vitamins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's pretty yeah. Yeah. And not to mention very tasty. So it gave me like this, this uh, moment of feeling like I'm not sticking all the way to my diet, but also still have some benefits in, in, in culture. But I would say I cook Nigerian food and that's my biggest culprit is jollof rice. I love jollof rice, but during the season, I knew jollof rice had to be limited um, for optimal like performance. Why? How come? Because you, you're getting your carbs, right? And you'll have your protein, but, but why? <laughs> 
I just feel like spicy foods, everybody's body is different. And spicy foods for me, just being um, someone who's asthmatic, spicy foods really did kind of just play into that and acid reflex and stuff like that. So for me, I just kind of stayed away from spicy. It doesn't always necessarily mean that jalap has to be spicy, but that's my favorite. And if it can't be spicy, I probably don't want to eat it. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And I suppose, you know, we're all curious to know of what competition morning is like, or at least the day before, right? So, you know, do athletes actually eat on the day of a major comp, like eat, like say you've got a, you've got like a race first thing in the morning. Are you going to have like a full on breakfast? Are you nervous? Are you worried about the runs? Like what, what, what's it like um, in the morning of a competition? I think everybody is different. Um, And that's just going to be the across the board answer. But I will say like, I preferred midday races because regardless of if it's a morning race or a night race, your preparation is pretty much the same. Um, you're going to wake up, you're going to shake out, you're going to do like a, you know, a pre-workout of some sort, eat your breakfast. And that breakfast could vary for some people. Some of my teammates eat really big breakfasts because they didn't have a race until eight at night and they wanted to nap in between there. But I think um, it really just is based off of you. For me, I was a light breakfast eater um, because I knew I had my shakeout right after and I didn't want to, you know, throw up my breakfast. (laughs) Um, But really just uh, making sure that I'm eating throughout the day because a lot of times anxiety can make you feel like, oh, I don't want to eat. And then by the end of the day, you have the 8 p.m. race and you're completely drained. And that's another component of, um, of performance. So I think just being cognizant and knowing yourself, like sometimes I can go without eating and not even knowing, and then it, it, it takes an effect on my body. So just making sure like I have certain reminders, like I ate breakfast. That's one thing that I know. Um, during the day I have like little bars here and there, whether it's protein bars or like little, my teammates used to laugh at me because I used to bake little things of chicken and eat the little things of chicken in like <laughs> Ziploc bags. So I just have some type of real food as opposed to bars throughout throughout the day. I would really, I think everyone would be interested to learn about what your experience was like forming that team, training to um, get to the Winter Olympics with your colleagues. I'd imagine it took an incredible amount of self-belief determination to break such a record with my understanding is you and your colleagues were the first um african team uh, as nigeria to uh, qualify in a winter olympic game so tell me a bit about that 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 mental fortitude that determination that's needed so we have we obviously have talent needed for, to perform at an athletic level you have that nutrition aspect which, which we've discussed but you also need to have that determination tell us a bit about what it took for the three of you to break through um and and to get there Yeah, I think everything in life and the biggest thing that I've taken away from that experience is having a root based purpose of everything. And for me, everything uh, flows from faith based. Um, Everything is driven by my faith and my belief in God to really just move me into a path that's already predestined in my mind. So, um, yeah, I think it was really just that having a vision, understanding it's bigger than me, understanding that things could hurt, things could uh, be hard, but we can do hard things, right? And that's what I've been able to take out of that is no matter how things look, um, at the very beginning, 
Um, I remember we had a conversation about um, the team and we didn't even imagine it would become what it became. Um, we were just kind of talking about it and like what it would mean for Nigeria. And that was our root base of why we wanted to do it. And from that alone, I think just the genuine uh, desire to do something good for, uh, for a country, a, a space, a thing that had never been done before was where our aspiration to, you know, continue. And when things got hard, when things looked like it wasn't going to happen, when people kind of said like, you know, we were finishing last in certain races, it wasn't about that. We thought about our root base and our root base is we were passionate about having representation for not just Nigeria, but Africa and the winter sports. And you did it and you, and you got there. <laughs> and I And there's so many more that you've no doubt inspired to, you know, going to that space and, and begin training for winter winter type sports um so yes i i think you inspired many you definitely inspired many people with, with that not to mention i'd say everybody has a mini olympics in their life right just determining what that is what's your mini olympics what's the thing that you want to achieve that can impact the world and that's i think that's where i'm at with it now in my everyday life um four years it's been four years right four years goes by so quickly and now you're on to the next thing and thinking about how you can impact the world and continue to impact the world. We're so multifaceted in all different types of ways. So it's just a matter of figuring out what season or what Olympic season you're in. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned you we kicked off this discussion with you saying everything flows from health. Right. Um, so tell us a bit about what you're up to now. Um, you sort of transition from from full time sports and 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 yeah, what what you're up to now? Yeah, I think for me, from a health perspective, it's just making sure I am cognizant of the fact that I am not competing at that level anymore, and cognizant of doing the things that are fruitful for my body. So, making sure I'm not eating you know, junk food and making sure I'm feeding my body the things that are healthy and that fuels it. And then making sure also like just from a mental standpoint, I'm staying grounded. For me, whole health is really important uh, in my life right now. So just making sure I have balance in all things. And that means every now and then I can get a couple snacks. I can eat a whole bowl of ice cream. Nothing wrong with that. That's balance. Yes, definitely. And I, I'm guilty of that too. So, um, and it's balance, as you say. Um, so thank you so much, Ngozi. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Got questions? Well, this season, I'll be dedicating entire episodes to answering them. Be sure to visit our website at drmc.com and there you can send me a voice note as well as subscribe to our weekly newsletter, for giveaways, nutrition tips, and much more. The Food Connect podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry.